Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to part 38 of my Purpose of Singleness course. And in this video, we're going to talk about strong passions in singleness. And so if you feel like this is a topic that benefits you and it's your very first time, make sure you watch until the end. And hopefully that it benefits you. And if you're watching for the very, not the very first time, but you've been watching for a long time, I want to say thank you so much for all y'all's support and all y'all's um, generosity and all that good stuff, man. I really appreciate you all. Thank you all so much for, for the continued support and all that good stuff. So uh, as everyone is coming in live, make sure you hit this uh, like button. Make sure you come in ready to engage, ready to work, and ready to really process um, through your passions and make sure that your passions are flamed in the right direction, that are funneled in the right direction, and they don't become too strong. So let's get right into my notes. Uh, we got divinely pressed, uh, predestined. What's going on, divinely? Hope you're doing well. A few scriptures I want to read real quickly. I will get us started because I have a lot of points. That's why I'm kind of getting into it. Oh, Epsi says, a good morning, coach from Pasadena, California. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate you all. And so we're going to get into some scriptures real quick that I think that is very profound for us to understand when it comes to passions, desires, and all that kind of stuff. But Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. The scripture gives us very good insight in how we can control our passions. That if we do everything unto God and we work hard unto him, then our passions will be steady and not strong. He says, whatever you do, whatever you do, in everything, do it with all your heart as for the Lord and not for men. Because when we do things for people, they will determine the, the, the uh, fluctuation of our emotions, the fluctuation of our passions. And you never want to give something that's that's not controlled or stable the control of your passions. That's why it's important that we do everything unto God, because when we do everything to God, his yoke is easy, his burdens are light, and he'll ensure that our passions won't uh, override. Galatians 5.24 said, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I love that. It says, and those who belong, in order for our passion to be steady, we must know who we belong to. If we belong to Christ and he's our, 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 our master and our teacher and our guide, then we will do our part to have crucified already its flesh and its desires, right? Some responsibility boils down to us that at, since we belong to him and that level of belonging that derives from us being beloved by him, right? Would then cause our passions and desires to be crucified in regards to carnal versions of them. Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's important for us to understand that if your treasures are on this earth, if your treasures are here, then those treasures here will determine the temperament of your passions. But if you have a treasure in heaven and your goal is heaven and your goal is a, are the things of God, then, then your heart will be steady. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, not for, but to, to the glory of God, for the glory, of course, but to the glory of God, that everything that I'm going towards, with everything that I'm passionate about, everything that I'm pursuing is towards the glory of God. That when people come see my messages and people come see my videos, and when people come see the mastery in my life, it should always be pointing towards the glory of God. Whether I eat, whether I drink, in anything has to be pointing towards. Now, I'm not talking about being super spiritual. We're just talking about just the joy of the Lord, just the temperament of, 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 of who you are in God. And all that kind of stuff points towards the glory of God. And like I said in many videos, only God can handle glory. Psalm 73 is that Psalm 7? Yeah, Psalm 73, 25 to 26 says, whom have I in heaven but you? I love this. 
whom I have in heaven but you. And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Woo, that's good passion. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That verse is very paramount and it's very important for us to understand. Let's read it again. It says, whom have I in heaven but you? The highest of places, who do I have? Is you. And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. That's the temperament. That should be our desire. That should be your desire as a single person. Because if you don't have that desire as a single person, then when you're married, your desires and passions will fluctuate because your whole heart, your whole treasure was the idea of marriage. Your heart and treasure was this idea of success. And then when you get in the midst of success and you get in the midst of marriage and you get in the midst of the things that you desire, you will begin to realize those things are not good taskmasters. That they will call your desires to be everywhere. And I love this. And there is nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. When I desire God, even above my wife, I become more desirable. But if she becomes my desire and everything and she has to fulfill that need only God can feel, then I will become a nuisance to her. I will become abusive to her because if she don't perform the way that I desire her to, then all of a sudden now I fluctuate in anger. I fluctuate in resentment. Right. It says, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. There's nothing besides you that I desire. I love the word besides. There's nothing besides you that I desire. It's not God and then others. I desire God. And in order, and, and when I delight in him, my desires matches his, and then I will be dependable in meeting and fulfilling those desires. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail. They will fail. My heart, my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In order for us to navigate life and engage life the way we should, we have to understand where our strength comes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. When we enjoy God, he is our ultimate desire and we love him and we want him, right? And we want, there's nothing besides him that we desire. That everything else is just a, a, a byproduct from my desire being in God. Then, then I will have my strength. My heart will continue to beat. My heart will continue to be healthy. I will be able to fulfill my purpose and my and my and my passions, right? The things that God wants me to be productive here because he is my strength. When everything else is your strength, when everything else is your supply, then what happens when those things can't go beyond a certain point? God goes through all points. That means no matter what point in life you are, there's God has the right amount of strength to get you through any trial or tribulations. This Bible says in this world you will face trials and tribulations, but be of what? Good cheer. I can always be cheerful. I can count it all joy no matter the various trials, no matter the trials, temptations, I can still be of cheer because God has overcome the world and his passions and his desires and his, his faulty um, premises. But God is the strength of my heart. Make it personal. And my portion forever. Portion means that I can, I will never go hungry. I will never go hungry. I'm like, like Mary, when Jesus was talking to Martha, Jesus was like, yo, what Mary has done, she chose the better thing because what she, she chose the better portion because this will never leave her. The food you cook in Martha will be in our stomach for, for, for a few hours and it's out. But what I'm feeding Mary will be with her forever. And when you are hungry for the things of God and you desire the things of God and you're passionate about the things, the desires of God, then your passions outside of you will be steady and not strong. Now, the verse that I kind of want to focus on that you will kind of see the terminology throughout the rest of this discussion 
And thank you all so much for joining. And make sure you like, come on, engage. Thank y'all so much uh, for being on my page. <laughs> and I appreciate <clears throat> y'all's continued support. So share this with someone that you think will benefit. Share on Facebook, share anywhere, all that good stuff. But 2 Timothy 1, 6, 7 is Paul talking to Timothy. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. To fan into flame the gift of God. Not the things of this world, not the passions of this world, but it, but fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love and self-control. That as we're fanning the gift of God, we knowing that when we have been sealed as a son and daughter of God, by whoever laid the hands on you, whoever guided you through through the goodness path that led you to repentance. That when the spirit of God then comes into you after you have been sealed and marked as a son or daughter of God, then you will begin to feel emboldened and any type of fears will be cast out because you know that you're beloved. You know that you're loved by God and then you will have power. Then you will have love and self-control. Let's get to my points now. Let's get into it. Now we're cooking. We got the grease is hot now. Let's put some chicken in there. But before I do, let me make sure I say hey to everyone that joined me live. Divinely predestined what's going on. Uh, Epsi, oh, oh, oh. Epsi said, good morning, coach. From okay, we got you already. Renee says, hey, coach, ready to receive your word today. God gets to go. I'm ready to give you what God cooked. Crystal says, hey, coach, uh, please, uh, Shanika, I don't want to mess your name up. Thank you. God told me yes. That's right. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all communicate. Okay. Yes, yes. Good, coach. Thank y'all so much for watching. Let's get right into the first point. Our main thought is this. Self-control is the goal. Self-control is the goal. Good morning, Nikki. Thank you for joining me. Self-control is the goal. Now let's get to the problem. Many singles and individuals are fanning the wrong flames and are improperly passionate. Many singles and individuals are fanning into flame the wrong flames. Flames like uh, strong desires and passions for marriage, sex, all that kind of stuff, uh, success, money. They're fanning into flame the wrong flames and are, impro and are improperly passionate. They are passionate about things that have no eternal value, causing their fire for God to wane and causing them to procrastinate on the things God wants them to do. Last point, their improper passions are causing them to be ill-prepared. Let's go through that problem again. Many singles and individuals, whether you married, whether no matter where you are, many singles and individuals are fanning the wrong flames and are improperly passionate. And as I go through this, can y'all in the comments write down the things that people are strongly passionate for? What are some things that people are overly passionate for? Because I'm gonna utilize some of those points. So in the comments right now, those who's watching live, write in the comments, whether on Facebook or YouTube, and I'll see them all together right here, write in the comments things that people are overly and strongly passionate about, and then we'll, we'll, we'll engage. It says many singles and individuals are fanning the wrong flames. And that's what y'all are typing in right now, the wrong flames or the uh, the flames out of order <clears throat> and are improperly passionate. There are many, their passions are not in the proper order. They are passionate about things that have no eternal value. That's essential. What's the point of being passionate, even if it's a good thing, even if it does have eternal value? Marriage has an eternal value. It, marriage is a good thing. Uh, parenting is a good thing. Success is a good thing. These are good things, 
But if they have the wrong passions fueling it, then it will be uh, like a car going 90 or 100 miles an hour approaching a curve where they should be going 25. It's only going to be dangerous. In life, there are not always going to be straightaways. In life, there are not always going to be straightaways, which means you got to make sure that you adhere to the speed limit. You got to make sure that you adhere to the passion limits. There are passion limits on the pavements of roads in life. So if you always at 100 miles an hour and you're approaching a curve that requires you to go 35, an accident or the loss of life is inevitable. That's why you got to adhere to the passion limits to make sure your passions are steady, to make sure your passions are guarded, right? Because when you do that, you will find success. Let's keep going. Many single individuals are fanning the wrong flames and are improperly passionate. They are passionate about things that have no eternal value. Carnality calls you to be connected to this world that will keep you from being caught up. (laughs) They are passionate about things that have no eternal value, causing their fire for God to wane. Now you have no passion for God. This world is designed for us to be passionate with passionate for its elements, to be passionate for its things versus to being passionate about eternity and the things of God. And those things, when we get immersed in those passions, even in your single life, then it begins to have your fire for God wane and God becomes an accessory. God becomes someone you go to only when it's poor. And then we only become poor weather friends. And we're not all weather friends with God, right? Causing their fire for God to wane and causing them to procrastinate on the things God wants them to do. So when you're passionate, a lot of people are passionate for fields and careers because of the the, the, the uh, 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 thoughts and opinions of others or from themselves, and then they begin to build this because whatever you're passionate for will be productive. You will build it. You will build it. But the thing is, will it last? Will it, will it last eternal? See, when I pass away at 80 plus years old or 70 plus, 80 plus years old, then what my passions will still, everything that I built with my passion will still be here. But I don't want to get to heaven. And then God saying, even though everyone's still enjoying what I built, even though everyone is still engaging what I built, but when I get to heaven, God said that had no eternal value. And then people at my funeral and people out here saying that was a man of God and what this man built was amazing and we we are enjoying it. But in by but me being face to face with God, it had no eternal value. So it's important that we're passionate and on purpose that we're pursuing the things that God has already predestined for us as His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that has already been predestined for us to walk in. And last but not least, their improper passions are causing them to be ill-prepared. Oh, next point. It says, you will always fan the fire. Hear Hear me closely. You will always fan the fire for what you are a fan of. Please understand that. You will always fan into fire, fan into flame what you are passionate or are a fan of. You will always fan the fires of your ultimate desires. Real question here is, what are you a fan of and what is your strongest desire or passion? You will always fan into flame or fan into fire what you are the most fan of. That's why God, we have to be fanatic about God. We have, God has to be our, who we are the most a fan of because then we'll fan it into flame. Now, let's get into some dialogue 
We have some people that commented, what are some things that people are the most uh, are, are strongly passionate about? And then I'm going to get to my other notes. And make sure I'm going to see what my next notes are first. So I'll know where I'm going after that. Okay, definitions. Uh, let's go to these definitions first. Definition of fanning into flame is to intensify or stir up feelings for forward movement. That's what fanning into flame is. That's what Paul was talking to Timothy, fanning into flame the gift that God is in you. To intensify or stir up the feelings for forward movement. Feelings are, are important, but not the most important. Having fundamentals, having faith, understanding facts should always uh, guide our feelings. And then we'll determine the fruit after our forward movement. But that's what we fan into flame. And I'm fanning into flame the things that's going to intensify, that's going to keep people warm for generations, that's going to keep people uh, in the light for generations. I'm fanning into flame to help others. I'm fanning into flame to, to burn up demonic works. I'm fanning into flame things that's going to um, help people not stay the same. I'm going to fan into flame things that's going to help people gain, right? So I'm intensifying or stirring up that we shouldn't still be in the baby phase. We should be uh, 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 industrious with our flame, with our gift, right? Definition of passions, real quickly. A strong and barely controllable emotion. A strong or barely controllable uh, emotion. Intense, driving, or overmastering feeling of or conviction. That's what a passion is. That I'm convicted. This, this is what I'm passionate about. I, I'm, I, I, I have conviction for this, right? I have conviction for that's why I'm passionate. Something convicted me. Something got a hold of me. Something said it was like, this is your purpose, and I'm passionate about it. So overmastering feeling or conviction, right? Definition of desires. Real quick, we're going to engage. Too long or hope for. Exhibit or feel desire for. A strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. We got to be very careful with those desires because desires will cause anxiety. Desires will cause disappointments. Passions will cause you to go 100 miles and approaching a curve where you should be going 35 or 25. That's why we got to make sure we guard these things, right? Now, let's get to some engagement piece. I'll make sure I know what my next slide is so I'll know what I'm getting myself into. All right, here we go. So let's get into it. Um, that's right. True vintage says dreams and goals. Sometimes we can be overly passionate with our dreams and goals. When you're overly passionate with your dreams and goals, then you will go beyond um, the pace that God has for your dream. Because we're not supposed to be, go as fast as the world. You see these motivational videos and they do well. They help. When they're talking about get up at three, get up at four, do this by six. And that's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we got to make sure that our goal is eternal. That our goals are not uh, uh, dreams and goals. I want to manifest them so I can be successful in earthly standards. My dreams and goals have eternal perspective, uh, eternal focus. See, I don't want to be so successful down here. And then when I get up to heaven, even though I made it, I'm a street sweeper. Nothing wrong with that. I'd rather be a street sweeper in heaven than be a, than be a billionaire in hell. I tell you that. What I'm saying is I don't want to think that I'm doing something of eternal value and then find that I was eternally bankrupt, even though I was saved, but I had no value. So dreams and goals, you got to say, hey, God, before every now and then you have to acknowledge, God, am I, am I, am I on the right path when it comes to pursuing my dreams? Because God requires balance. <clears throat> God wants you to sleep. 
God wants you to eat right. But if you're overly passionate, you'll pursue your dreams. You'll be eating fast food all the time. You'll be eating out all the time. You'll barely get any sleep. And then about time you do reach your dream, you're broken down in the process. So success in marriage. That's right. Real talk with Danae. Success go with that first party. Overly, overly ambitious, overly passionate, selfishly passionate about their success. And success is supposed to come with no sorrow, but some people's success ends up leaving them distressed and not being their best. But you can't pursue, you can't, you can't be so passionate about success because what is success? We have to do truly define success. Success is not defined by what we see online. Success is defined by what is eternal. Success is making sure that I am successful as far as being stable and self-controlled, that I'm successful because I am a good husband and my family is successful. My relationship with God is successful. I'm successful internally. I'm successful with my family. I'm Then I'm successful externally, right? And some people just overly passionate about marriage. They have the idea of marriage. They want the look of marriage, but they don't want the lasting of marriage because lasting of marriage requires me to actually be conditioned for it and prepared for it. But when you become strongly passionate about it and strongly in longing for it and desiring it, then all of a sudden you get into it and then you find out that it's more than what you thought it was. Boyfriends and girlfriends for our young people, man. And for those right now who's old enough, you know, but a lot of young people, they that boyfriend, girlfriend's the game, right? And, and of course now, some people are longing and desiring for company. Why, why look for company when you don't have your own company? You got to have something you offer. Many people are looking to be completed by somebody. They're looking for somebody to occupy empty space in their time. So instead of looking for people and individuals to occupy the empty space in your life, look for ideas, concepts, inventions to occupy that, uh, uh, that idle, not idle time, but that empty space in your life. Because listen, you don't want to bring people in the most vulnerable season of your life. And then you have all these soul ties. Then about time you're 28, you're 35. Now, your real man, your real woman has to be prolonged and pushed back or you find yourself not even uh, um, able able to get married, right? Because you got all this baggage. And the issue is we, we give people a bunch of false hopes, but don't give them no fundamental principles and, and real uh, uh, faith development and, 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 and deliverance from these people they're connected to because God is not going to give you a husband or give you a wife if he knows you got holes in your life. He's not going to give you anything when he knows that you're going to cause more damage to it. So instead of looking for individuals to occupy the empty space of your life, you got to welcome uh, 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 God and welcome ideas, welcome inventions. Because why try to get, why try to look for company if you don't have your own company? We don't have no idea of who you are and what to offer. What's your LLC? See, a Joshua EGK as the enterprises, that's a company. Before I even met my wife, I had a company. Joshua EGK as the LLC, Joshua EGK as the enterprises was already a company. So when I joined companies, joined ventures with my wife, she had her own company. Now we can build an empire together. But most people have no company. They don't have nothing to offer. They have no sound business principles or uh, uh, life principles. They have no understanding of, of, of perseverance, understanding of patience, understanding of anything because their whole singleness was used pouting versus preparing. Let's keep going. Wealth. Wealth. People are, are, are strongly desiring for wealth, but they're not strongly desiring and what is required of wealth and how I can pass it down. Good. Some people are looking for power. 
Look at their passion for power because they want control. See, insecure people with power are, are, are is very destructive. People want power because they don't like themselves. They want power. Some people want power because they want to prove themselves. Success again. People looking for control. That control and power. That's right. They're looking for people to control because they don't got a good hold of their own selves. They don't like themselves. My health. Erica says my health, my mind, and my recovery. Constantly thinking about it. That's right. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Right? And there's nothing wrong with pursuing that as long as it's guard. Material goods. Yep. People want material things. It's crazy how people adorn the outside of them with such value, but they don't even know the value that's in them. So they look rich. They got the expensive clothes and expensive things, but they don't even know who they are. So they spend all this money to look valuable versus discovering their own value and knowing how to steward material possessions, lust, good, good. Uh, oh, they all, y'all helping each other. All right. So I think we're I think we're down. I think we're good um, with all that. Let's get to our next point. Uh oh. Thank y'all for engaging with me. I appreciate that. Let's keep going. Now, why does Satan want your fire for God to wane? Now, why does he want you passionate for the things of the world and not be on fire for God? Because number one, fire spreads. He knows that when I'm on fire for God, people who are cold out here in this cold world, people who are blinded in this in this in this dark world, they're going to look for the fire. They're going to look for people who are truly on fire, right? We're not the little fake fire where it's just nothing but an LED light in front of a, a fabric. We're not talking about that kind of flame. We're talking about true fire, fire that warms, fire that spreads, fire that that leads. Fire that that causes individuals to say, hey, I want to be on fire like that, too. That's why the enemy is causing so much carnal carnality within Christian culture. There's modern Christian cultures from the devil. Most of these people that people are following and watching online are devils. They were never with God. They were hired men to, de to deceive the flock. And these individuals are causing through their femininity and causing through their through their uh, uh, business acumen and, and, and causing the church to be more of a business, more so than a hospital and a, and a, and a gym. That helps people. And so what causes what causes uh, uh, what happens after that is that many people start becoming more carnal and their fires become to go down for God and they become more inflamed by by the things that they have in his life. And it's causing them not to cause the fire to spread. The devil knows if I can't beat Jesus, I'm going to join his sheep. I'm going to deceive his sheep. I'm going to get people thinking that that Christianity is cool. And don't get me wrong. There's there's cool aspects of it, but it ain't cool. It ain't cool because when you because if Christianity is marketed as always cool, then what happens when persecution comes? When, what comes? What happens when cool is no longer cute? See, that's the part that he is building a generation of people to not be prepared for. And then you will welcome the false church. You will welcome the Antichrist because you so caught up on uh, uh, people so caught up in 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 superstars. That you will get rid of the real one. To follow this fake one, and you didn't even know you fell for the okie doke. So the reason why the devil is waning our fire down by causing us to be passionate about other things instead of things of God, because you know fire spreads. It motivates it, 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 it causes other people to get on fire. And he knows that fire purifies. Fire purifies. He knows that when 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 fire gets into discipleship, when fire gets into accountability, when fire or fire the Holy Ghost start getting in the person's life, it purifies them. It changes the way they think. It starts exposing the works of the devil. It starts exposing the ideologies of the devil, and then people start having the, their right mind. Let's keep going. Now, what needs to be kept burning 
and kept burnt in our lives. Now that we're talking about fire, I'm going to do burning and then I'm going to do burnt. What needs to be kept burning in your lives? Inflamed fire, going steady, right? Not wildfire, steady fire. What needs to be kept burning and kept burnt in our lives? Number one, burning our belief in God. Has to continue to stay burning. That passion for God got to keep going. I still believe. I don't care what I see. I still believe. If you can't develop belief in good times, you won't have belief in bad times. That's why it's important to track the, the, the faithfulness of God in good times. When bad times come, that fire, that belief, that passion for God stays going. So when you're at your, the 496th day of your singleness, the fourth, the fifth, the eighth year of your singleness, your belief in God stays burning because you still you because you're still burning on the inside of you things that shouldn't be inside of you. And your belief in God is still burning. Your passion for God is still going. And the way to sustain passion with God is perspective. Perspective is the fuel of passion. When I have the right perspective, no matter what I see, I still believe. You, what should be burning continuously? The desire to understand his word. I've been reading this Bible for a long time. And even now in, in, in 20 some years, I've been, I've, been, I've been in church since I was four, been on fire since 19, right? Right? So the desire to understand his word, it, when I read through certain passages, it's, it's crazy. The more I get older, the more I get mature, the deeper the word gets. The more I grow, the deeper of the word I go. So I got to keep desiring the word of God because it's going to, it's doing something to me. The word of God is giving me perspective. The word of God is giving me knowledge. The word of God is giving me wisdom. You know what that does to the human soul? It changes it. Oh, I didn't see it that way. That's why I'm in the perspective business. I love changing people's perspectives. That's why uh, if I could change a person's perspective in the right way, it can affect their generations the long way. Because I shifted the way they think about something. And when that shift happens, everything in their soul shifts with it. So click, 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 click. Everything just shifts. Right. And so that's what the word of God does. So I got to continuously burn the desire to be in God's word because you can have read the Bible 10 times from cover to cover and still haven't fully discovered its depths. What has to continue to keep burning in our hearts? Our renewed nature. We got to keep burning that. The imputed righteousness of Jesus hasn't been being imputed on me, which now inspired me to be righteous in my deeds. I got to keep that fire burning because no, as, no matter how long you live, there's still going to be stuff that's going to have to burn in you because new phases reveals new stages. New phases reveals new things in you. New phases reveals new pages in you. Some pa See, marriage revealed some things in me that I have to get. Oh, that, that, burn that up. Burn that up, God. Burn that up. Burn it. Burn it. I got to keep that renewed nature going. I got to continue to go deep in the depths of the sanctification process. Keep going. Keep going. So when I become a parent, there's going to be some things that are going to become apparent to me that I got to burn that up too, Josh. Burn that up. Because how do, how do I not know that I'm not going to be tempted to try to live vicariously through my son or daughter and hooping? I got to make sure I burn that up because I don't want to get married. Uh, I mean, have kids. And then all of a sudden, I'm forcing them to the league. <clears throat> and that's what parents do. When they become a parent, the stuff that should be apparent to them, they start ignoring. And then they start fooling and fueling unnatural desires into their children, having them pursue professions that ain't even called according to their purpose. Let's continue. So I got to keep that renewed nature burning. 
I got to keep that renew. I got to keep going deeper in the certification process because new phases reveals new pages. Also, in why has to continue to be burning our need to serve the needs of others. We should always through the leadership of the Holy Spirit because not everybody needs our 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 seed. Not everybody needs our seed because some people will use your seed and pervert it, right? So what I mean by that, that we should always desire to be a useful, beneficial, kind, patient, gentle with others. How else can we serve, right? Because the more we serve, the more we preserve. Let's keep going. Next. I are God-given ideas. We got to keep that passion burning for God, developing God-given ideas. I'm already on my eighth book right now. I'm working on two other card games right now. I'm, I'm, me and my wife are working on children's books, ideas right now. We're, we're keeping that passion going because that's residual income. That's generational wealth. We got to keep that going. That's kingdom advancement. So I got to keep that fire ablaze. You can't become stagnant. You got to stir the gift. Stir the gift. Don't let that stick get stuck. Stir them grits. <laughs> stir, that, stir that grits in you. Stir the grits in you. Don't let that grits get tough. Stir them grits. Stir, stir that gift in you. Stir them gifts. So they can stay, so it can stay the, 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 uh, the herbs and the spices. You're stirring. And you know what stirring does? It keeps you strong. Right? So you got to continue to stir those God-given ideas. And don't allow the opinions of others to make you give up on them. So you got to continue to stir those God-given ideas in our notice. You got to keep stirring that. Our notice. That's our discernment. I notice things now. The more I'm in tune with God, the more I'm invested in God, the more I start stirring my need to discern. I got to constantly stir my eyes, not stir my eyes, but I got to keep my eyes alert. I got to watch and pray lest I fall into temptation. So we got to keep that area of our life burning. We just can't just become yearning because when you yearn, you burn. But when you're burning and you're when you're discerning, you're able to say, hey, I don't need that. But if you in a yearning mode, then you won't take time to discern. Also, what we got to continue to keep burning in our lives and for you singles to keep burning is your personal growth. Uh -uh, there's always room to improve. We don't prove, we improve. There's no, I don't got to prove nothing. My, my, my improvements will prove that I've improved. All right? So we got to continue to keep that area of our life burning. What areas of life do you need to continue to grow? What bad habits do you need to burn? What bad ideas, I mean, bad thoughts you have to burn? That's what we got to think about. Now, burned. What should stay burnt? We This ain't even in our lives. It's off the grill now. We burnt that. It's off the grill. <laughs> you know, it was 4th of July coming up. And, you know, the, the, the burnt pieces off the grill. Nah, nah, we, we burnt pieces. What should be burnt? Let me get my notes up here. Lazy beliefs and bad habits. We got to burn that. Lazy beliefs. We just, you, you just can't believe everything. You got to start, you got to burn that idea that, that we just believe. Oh, you believe what you believe. No, 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 no. That's absolute truth, fam. Truth is not relative. It's such thing as absolute truth. The devil doesn't want you to think in absolutes because if you get, if you climb the ladder of absolute, you'll absolutely find the one who's above all. So he wants truth to be relative because if truth is relative, then there is no opportunity for truth. Truth comes and says, hey, it's absolutely true that everyone on this planet came, or real humans, came from a womb of a woman. That's absolutely true. It is absolutely true that my mom's name is Diana. It is absolutely true that my wife's name is Britt. That's absolute truth. 
is absolutely true that my name is Josh. That's absolute truth. I am not Jerome on Tuesdays. I am not Jonathan on Wednesdays. I am not Jamal on Thursdays. I am not Jimmy John on Fridays. I am not Joseph on Saturdays. I am not Jackson on Sunday. I am Joshua every day. It'll be a fool if I come on videos on Mondays. Hey, hey, everybody, my name is Coach Jerome, and thank you for watching. <laughs> Tuesday, I'm, I'm Coach Jamal. Thank you for watching my videos. For those who's coming in, my name is uh, uh, Jamal. You know, you'll be confused. Where there's no truth, confusion is inevitable. So we have to burn up this idea of lazy belief. What do you believe? Do you know that Jesus is Lord? Do you know that God is real? Do you know that for a fact? Because if not, you're done, Jack. So lazy belief in bad habits. We got to burn that bad habit. So we, we got to get to a place where we say, no, nah, I'm going to grow, man. I'm going to burn these bad habits. I'm going to burn them. Number two, unimportant urges. Just because it's an urge doesn't mean it's urgent. You're going to have random urges. Urges are going to come, but it don't mean those urges should take precedent attention. They don't mean they should take precedence. Just because you have an urge don't mean you surge. Just because you have an urge don't mean you go for it. Not all urges requires urgent attention, right? So we have to burn un, uh, unimportant urges. Just because you feel lustful, burn that. Uh -uh. It may be an urge. You're going to be single. You're going to have, you're going to desire to, you're going to want to have sex. You're going to want to, you're going to want to be held. You're going to, you're going to want to do certain things. You're going to have urges. You're going to have urges to be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. But the urge has to be sparked by the right surge. And you have to have a surge protector. You see what I'm saying? So just because you have the urge and you're single and you want to be held, don't mean you got to call your ex. Since you have your urge to be touched, don't mean you got to call uh, uh, someone else. No. We got to burn that idea of unimportant urges. Number three, unfruitful relationship. We got to burn that. Ah, uh -uh, man. You've been with you. Don't, the guy has been exhibiting the same fruits for three years. She has been exhibiting the same fruits for four years and you're still with them. And then you can't get mad when you have to go through three years of healing. And then in, and that's why the devil knows the things you entangle yourself with, the things that you engage with will cause emotional wounds and damage. Even though you look good on the gram, even though you look like you healthy online, you don't got broken up. You went to the gym and that's great. You got your body together. But why you got your body together for to try to prove to everybody else that you good? Or you got with somebody else to prove to everybody that you're good. But the issue is we, 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 we treat the outside of ourselves from hurt and breakup, but we don't treat and teach the inside of ourselves. You have to treat and teach. You got to treat those wounds, treat them, and then teach yourself and allow the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God to teach you how to go forward. But this being in uh, unfruitful relationships, that got to be burned. Like, yo, where are we going? First off, we got to start practicing and acknowledging God and asking God, is this from you? In what has to be burnt novicehood or novelty, being a novice, we got to start being educated on the things of God. We no longer can be ignorant of Satan's devices. We got to grow up. What else got to be burnt? Neglecting what's important. We got to get rid of that. We got to put things in their proper order. How can you help somebody else's needing you bleeding in the process? You can't help another person's need if you're bleeding. You can't lead if you're bleeding. You know what I'm saying? So we got to stop neglecting what's important. Our families are bleeding, but our ministries are prospering. Our families are bleeding and our, and our business are prospering. That's out of order. We got to burn, burn. That thing has to be burnt out of our lives, off the grill. That chicken burnt. We got to get that off the grill, man. Anybody, anybody can eat that. 
Anybody likes eating burnt stuff, man, shouldn't be at the cookout. Undisciplined emotions, E. What should be burnt? Undisciplined emotions. We got to stop being emotional as a culture and start being logical and spiritually led. We have undisciplined emotions. Nothing wrong with having emotions, but you know what emotions do. It leads to motion. It leads to action, which leads to subtraction. Things not being in your life anymore or not having those things in your life. Subtracting the opportunities. What else should be burnt in our lives? Destructive thinking. We got to start thinking on things that are above and think the right way and think things through. Let's keep going. All right. Oh, next slide. Now, how to guard your flame and how to keep your fire going. Three more slides and I'm done. How to guard your flame and how to keep your fire going. You guard your flame by, number one, befriending the Holy Spirit. How you guard your flame? By befriending the flame. Befriending the flame, capital F. The Holy Spirit, the fire of God, the Spirit of God. We got to befriend the flame. That's how you guard your passions. Give me one second. All right, we got to befriend the flame to stay on fire. That's how you guard your flame. That's how you guard your passions. That's how you guard your desires, right? So that you don't end up expired and be uh, unqualified or disqualified. See, that's the issue. We got to say, you know what, God? I'm going to follow you because I don't want to be proven unqualified or nor do I want to be disqualified. The reason why people are not reaching the places that they want to reach because they haven't allowed themselves to be qualified. You have to be qualified. We're not talking about perfect, but qualified for the job. <clears throat> you have to be qualified to be inside. To be inside marriage, you got to be qualified for it. To be inside of ministry and ministry success, you got to be qualified for it. In order to have business success, you got to be qualified. You got to be good at it. You know what I'm saying? And that's important. We're not talking about having being adorned with all these plaques and things like that. We're talking about God qualified you. God prepared you. God developed you. So now you qualified to go inside. Or people who are settling for these different things and go in without God's qualifications, then they find themselves disqualified. Now they divorce. Now they now they horse. Now now they 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 have no voice anymore. Now they that they, they full of emotion. They all over the place cuz now they've been disqualified. I got to stay in the qualifications. I got to befriend the flame. I got to be in the flame of God because I don't want to be proven disqualified. I've preached to others, but myself have been disqualified. Now, how would that be? I'm preaching. I'm teaching. I'm giving y'all all this stuff. And my wife mad at me. My wife don't feel the love that y'all feel. And my wife is not feeling like that, that I'm meeting qualifications. And then come three to four years from now, I end up divorced. What would that do in, in the quality and the trust and what I deliver? I got to sustain the qualifications. I got to be immersed in being qualified by Jesus. And we're not talking about being qualified for heaven because none of us, none of us can be qualified for heaven without Jesus. But what I'm saying is like qualifications in regards to sustaining the things that we want to be in. We have to be qualified to go inside and we have to be qualified so we won't be disqualified and removed from being inside. And we do that by befriending the flame. How else do you guard your flame, guard your passions? What not you fan by fanning the flame, investing in it, developing it, fanning the flame. 
fanning my desire for God. Fires start waning when we stop putting logs in. But when you start putting logs into that fire, every see logs are disciplines. You can't look at a fire and be like, grow, please. And you and I desire you can't look at a fire and hope it continues to burn. You got to invest in the flame. You got to put logs in it. That's discipline. You're not going to always feel like reading the word. You're not going to always feel like praying. You're not going to always feel like being held accountable. You're not going to always feel like being amongst community. You're not going to always feel like being doing the disciplines of the Christian faith. Because in order to be a disciple, you have to be a disciplined one. A disciplined one that follows particular disciplines. That comes from the ultimate disciplined one who is Jesus. That's being invested and downloaded inside of us through his spirit. Right? So we got to make sure that we invest in and we put logs in there every day to keep that fire going. The reason why by Saturday our fire is gone is because we're not putting no logs in Monday through Friday. So we got to fan the flame, invest in the flame, grow the flame, develop the flame so that we can continue to keep things warm and keep bringing light to others. You got to also fit by fencing the flame and protecting it. We got to fence the flame. An uncontrolled flame leads to disaster. So we got to make sure we protect the flame. We got to make sure we just can't add people into the flame. We can't just add people and add things into our flame, into our passion. We can't, we can't, and our desires, we can't just throw people in there because it might, it might burst over the fence, burn the fence. And then now you start building strong. Now we increasing the flame to, to, to beyond its proper limits. Now, all of a sudden, we done fostered this flame too strong, and it starts burning everything that's right, and now we're in everything that's wrong. So we got to fence the flame, protect it. No, no, no. I'm not going to just invest my emotions with everyone. It doesn't. It don't matter how fine he is. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is. She may be too much for your flame. She may try to compete with the fame, flame. The devil might try to lure people into your passions and desires to distract you from God. And you start fanning these flame, fanning these passions for this wrong one. And that person wasn't even the right one to help sustain the flame. Because when God brings the right people, the right woman, the right man within your sphere of passion and desire, they will still keep the fire at their right level because you have the right perspective. Now, when that woman comes to your life, she's not in your life for, to you for you to be completed. She's in your life to compliment. He didn't come in your life to help you complete you. He came in to compliment you. And now y'all building a flame together that's steady and not strong. See, a steady flame is a structured flame. It's, it's protected. It's fenced. A strong flame is when it has been exceeded beyond its levels. And now you open the door for devils. And the next thing you know, you have nothing to show for anything. So you got to guard your flame by fencing the flame, protecting and not allowing everybody into your purpose. You got a strong, listen, you can't allow the cool, the, the waters of other people's opinions to try to put out your flame. There's some people that's coming to your, your, to your dream and your goals with a bucket of water trying to put it out. They're trying to put it out because they don't want you to be put out of their lives. People gonna, people are, some people are comfortable with your stagnation. And the moment you start go growing, they start they start getting uh, 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 nervous because your growth is going to cause them to leave you. 
You want people that's going to add logs to your dream, add logs to your goals, add logs to your relationship with God. Add, add, add. Not trying to dump water on it. And you can't allow someone, you got this fenced in flame when it comes to your purpose. And God called you to be a writer. God called you to be a businesswoman. God called you to do all these different things. And then you allow your mama to dip water on it. You allow your dad to dip water on it. You allow your friends to dip water on it. You allow society to dip water on your walk with God. Nah. If you got to burn alone, burn alone. Also, you got to fulfill the flame. Fulfill it. See, I'm on a mission, man, to fulfill my flame. Your flame is your purpose. Passionate about doing the things for God. Let's keep going. Next slide. Hope y'all learned. Let me know in the comments if y'all learning something. Thank y'all. 37 people watching. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all's company, y'all time on this, on this Saturday um, afternoon. Now, how to keep the fire going. How to keep the fire real quick because I have another slide after this and then I'm done. How to keep the fire uh, going. You got to build your faith. Build your faith. Build up your faith. Build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. You got to build up your faith. You got to be factually informed. How to keep that fire going. You got to constantly invest in your faith <clears throat> by tracking God's faithfulness, by trusting God's faithfulness in the present tense. And trusting that God will be faithful in, 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 in the future tense. You got to build your faith. Strengthen it like a muscle. You got to be factually informed. In order to keep the fire going, you got to be informed about God factually. Who is God? Who is, it's crazy how we bring people to God but don't tell people about God. We, we're like a tourist. We bring people, hey, y'all, this is God. Hey, everyone, look at God. Oh, we brought them to God. And then we walk away. <laughs> we're the tourists. We will look. Here's God, guys, and then we walk off like a doctor that gives you over the baby. The nurse be like, "Here's your baby," but there's no manual for parenting. <laughs> here's your baby. Good luck. And nobody audits to see if they're good parents enough. See what I'm Same as with God. You got We got to teach people the attributes of God and help them understand Him better, so they'll understand. Okay, this is what I got to do. Understand their walk with God better. Understand what it means to be a believer in God. All that kind of stuff. You also got to stay focused. Stay focused. Have a strong why that requires you to stay focused. Like keep the fire going. Stay in focus. What's your why? Why should you stay focused? Why should you keep this fire going? I, right? you got to embrace your identity in Christ and stay interlocked and willing to be held accountable. You got to embrace your identity in Christ. Who are you? When I when I begin to realize that I'm a son of God, nothing can change that. I keep my flame, man. I keep my flame going. I know who I am in Christ, so no matter who comes into my life, nothing can budge me off my square. Nothing can move me off my rock. Capital R, right? I got to embrace my identity. You got to research that. You got to understand that. And you got to stay interlocked. I mean, you got to be a part of a community of people who are also on fire. Be interlocked and willing to be held accountable. The way to keep fire going is to keep yourself inspected. Keep yourself accountable. You need inspectors to come in a plant that requires a lot of fire going to make sure that whatever this fire is used more for fuel and not for destruction. So you got to be interlocked and be held accountable. I know the words are small, so I'm going to make the screen bigger. Or always be ready to release, meaning to forgive. In order to keep the fire going, you got to be ready to forgive always. You got to always be ready to forgive. It's important. Because forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. Give, for, for, give. Forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. Forgiveness ain't about them. The reason why many people don't forgive because they think forgiveness is about them. No, forgiveness is about you and God. Because <laughs> if you can't forgive your brother, God ain't going to forgive you. That's, that's fact. 
If you die in unforgiveness and you are you have not welcomed the Holy Spirit to help you forgive, you're not going to heaven. Now, I understand. Now, if you have been saved and you're in the process of forgiving and you lose your life, then you're probably going to, you're going to go to heaven because you've been sealed by God. We're talking about the root of who you are is pride. I'm not forgiving what this person did against me. And I don't care if God can help me with it. I'm going to stay unforgiving. Even if they're in a church, even if they are pastors, even if they are pastors' wives, even, it don't matter if they know all the terminology Christianese, they will hit hell wide open. We always got to be ready to release because if I don't release that, it's going to cause my fire to be uncontrollable. So now when, if, when you marry, you have this uncontrollable flame because the moment you think about your mom, the moment you think about your ex, the moment you think about something, now you're fired and got strong and your emotions are all over the place and you're overly passionate and you start burning up your, your husband's desire for you. Now you start burning up your wife's desire for you. And people don't understand that. When you have unforgiveness in your heart or lust in your heart, your overbearing fire that's still there will burn their desire for you. Now your husband, the reason why your husband hasn't left you is because of the kids. The reason why the woman hasn't left you is because she's trying to make it work. But you don't burnt up their desire for you because you allowed these undealt with desires and lack of forgiveness to burn up, the, to cause the flame to be too strong. And now the people that has to deal with your 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 uh, unforgiving self, they don't they their hearts are waxing cold towards you. So in order to keep your marriage on fire, to keep a steady flame, to keep that steady flame in your marriage, the steady flame between you and your wife, steady flame between your family, steady flame and whatever it is, you got to forgive. You got to release that uh, because it's going to cause me to have a too strong of enough flame and it's going to cause me to burn up things that I don't want to burn up. And you got to stay rooted in truth. Truth is what's going to keep your fire going. When you been, when you get to a place when you start getting to apologetics and you start understanding why you uh, why you should believe in Jesus, there ain't no, ain't no uh, Jesus. Jesus is not an option. Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not an option. I am fully persuaded He's the only way, <laughs> and I'll stand on that to my death. If it requires my life, I take that because death is only a maximum six minute process. But I'm not about to deny him on this side and got to stand face to face to him on the other side. So the first thing you must do in your life is to find the truth because the truth will set you free. The first thing every human being should do right now is to find the truth of every of the existence of this life. Somebody made those clouds, fam. Somebody made this this world. Somebody not world, but somebody made this earth, man. This earth is too intellect, intelligently designed for there not to be an intelligent designer. So everyone who don't know Jesus as the truth, who don't know God or don't want to know, who, who desire to know God, step outside of your backyard, look up into the sky and say, hey, you, whoever you, <coughs> whoever you are, reveal yourself to me. Whoever created me wonderfully and fearfully, whoever created the grass green and the waters blue and the sky blue and the clouds so amazing, whoever made these mountains, whoever made these hills, whoever made <clears throat> these feelings of mine, whoever made all of this, reveal yourself to me. But many of us too proud, too proud because we don't want to let go of our lives. Because once he reveals himself, he's going to say, hey, relinquish all your control over your life. Because you're not smart enough. <clears throat> you're not well enough to control your life. We don't want to do that. But it's better to know the truth now and be rooted in it. Because the moment I begin to know that 
Jesus is who he was, who he is. That God is who he said he was. <clears throat> and I seen his hand in my life. For him, you could take my life because there's no life to give. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> People, you don't want to take my life. My life ain't there no more. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> anyway. E, enter and engage the joy of God and stay executed. What that means right there, man, the joy of the Lord is what's going to keep your fire going. Joy is perspective. <clears throat> I engage God. That's right. I'm free. It's finished. That'll preach by itself. Holy Ghost. Thank you. Amen. Engage. Enter and engage the joy of the Lord, the joy of God. That's going to keep your fire going. The right fire, even in your singleness, you'll you'll listen. Only the man of God and only the woman of God can catch your attention while with God. Only things that's of God can catch your attention when you love God. We in awe of God, nobody's impressive. Are you hearing me say that in many videos? I, I if think like it don't I don't care what basketball player does, I don't care what mathematician does, I don't care what a person does on this planet. I'm not that easily impressed. I'm not. I got God right here, fam. <laughs> I'm in awe of him. So what I'm saying is you'll know if it's of God when when you when you are so in awe of God because you're not easily distracted. And you'll be like, oh that's from God right there for me. And you and even when you meet that person, your heart, your flame won't go to the ceiling. It's going to be steady. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you're handsome. <laughs> but I'm content. Whether this goes or don't go, I'm good. Whether this goes further or not, I'm good. If you walk away, I'm good. If you come my way, that's good. Good is good for me, fam, because I'm in the joy of the Lord. See, when you have the joy of the Lord, as soon as you meet a man, flame, whoosh, take me as I am. <laughs> Take me. I'm red. I've been waiting on you my whole life. That woman comes. I've been waiting for you my whole life. And now you end up being a simp. And now you start being controlled because now you can't even lead your own home because you're not even content in being led by God. And all of a sudden now you're in a, in a house with a, with a man who doesn't even want you anymore. See what I'm saying? You got to have that steady flame. A joy, 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 hey man, we cool. We can rock. But I'm not about to let that fire go. Let's keep going. And you got to be stay executed. You got to keep, keep dying to yourself. That's how you keep that fire going. Now, last slide and I'm done. Before you pursue your passions or while you're pursuing your passions, whether it's career, whether it's whatever it is that you're pursuing, that you're passionate about, artistic expression, creative expression, whatever your passion, these are some quick things that you must do, must understand. Before pursuing or while pursuing your passion, you got to keep this in mind while you're pursuing or before you even start pursuing your passion or desire for marriage or desire for companionship. Before you even start pursuing those energies, those feelings or desires, you got to do some things. Number one, you got to develop a strong. Oh, man, I forgot the uh, P. You got to develop a strong personal relationship with God. <laughs> I missed the P. All right. The master P in this. <laughs> develop a strong personal relationship with God before you pursue your passion right now. You got to assess how strong is my personal relationship with God? How strong is it? Because if your strong relationship with God is not strong, you won't have nothing to pull. You got to have someone to pull the reins. You got to have someone that says, hey, you're going too far, son. Or someone that says, giddy up, we got to go. You got to develop a strong personal relationship with God before you start pursuing your passions wholeheartedly. 
or while you're pursuing your passions, sustain that strong personal relationship with God. It has to be strong because you, you can't have no weak relationship with God because you won't you won't you you'll be you'll be you you won't even allow him to pull you in. It's too weak. You need something strong. You gotta see, oh, I got a strong, tight grip. God got a tight grip on me. He can pull and he can push based upon he, his desires. Because if you if you pursue your passions without a strong personal relationship with God, you you will go too far. Number two, you got to develop the right perspectives. Before you pursue your passions in your career, your passions for ministry, your passions for success, your passion for, for a, a marriage, a relationships, you got to make sure you have the right perspective. Because if you don't have the right perspectives, then that thing will burn you up or you will burn that thing up. You got to have the right perspectives. After I had to have already had the right perspective before I met my wife to a degree at a healthy point. Because there's levels, there's levels. There's things you gotta have. Um, there's certain things you gotta have before marriage. Something you gotta have before you ministry and money management before you. There's something. There's certain perspective you have to have to to be qualified to go in. And then there are things that things helps build your perspective while you're in it. But there are some basic things you gotta have perspective wise before you can even peer over and go over into the next thing, right? You have to develop the right perspective. Miss Susan says, "Would you explain? Uh, oh, would you explain uh, what a simply is? Uh, it's a sucker." Jamie answered it for it's a sucker. A simple is a sucker. A person who just sucks up and, and and gets played, who gets pushed over and controlled, easily manipulated, easily whatever. That's a sucker. That's a simp. He's a sucker. So you got to develop the right perspectives. You got to know. You got to have the right perspectives for the thing that you want to possess. So you can't just be passionate without the perspectives. And, and a lot of young people, they have a lot of zeal, have a lot of zeal, and a lot of desire, but they don't have the right disciplines and perspectives to guard the desire. And then when people come alongside them and try to critique their pace with their desire, they look at everybody as a hater. Everybody's hating on me. Everybody's disgusted uh, with whatever with me. Right? And then they start ignoring proper critique. They start ignoring people and then they full steam ahead and then they get in, in this relationship and then they're not even able to sustain it. They get into these businesses and concepts and they lose, lose money. <clears throat> so you have to develop the right perspectives for the things that, that for the things you want to possess. Before you start getting super passionate about it, you got to develop the right perspectives. Number two, number three, I mean, let me get my notes up. You got to better understand your purpose. You just can't be fully passionate and you don't even know your purpose. Some people are passionate in the wrong degrees, passionate pursuing the wrong degrees, passionate pursuing the wrong um, um, possessions and things in life, right? So you have to make sure you fully understand or better understand what purpose is. So you can, so your passions will be, uh, that, that is, if, if it's not with purpose, I can't be passionate about it. So you won't be so diversified with your passions. Number four, before you pursue your passions or while you're pursuing your passions, you got to better understand people and develop people skills. Listen, you got to better understand people. The more you know about people, the less people you let in. <laughs> the more you know about how fickle these friendships are, how faulty the foundations of these relationships are, you the better, the more you, the better, the, the more you understand people, the less people you let in your life. And also at the same time, before you pursue your passion strongly, 
And while you're pursuing your passion, you got to develop people skills because people you're gonna have with you always. Your wife, your your wife is gonna be a people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your your wife is a person. Your man is gonna be a person. Your children are gonna be little people. You know what I'm saying? The people in your company, the people that work for you are people. And you can't be so passionate about a vision that you run over people. You're so passionate for your dream and goal. That's why men, you got to make sure that while you're single, go get it. Listen, go get get as much as you can get while you're single. Because when you marry, you naturally have to slow down. When 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 I'm by myself, I may drive a little faster than I would if I have kids and my wife in the car. I'm going to be I'm going to be a little bit more whatever, right? But I'm not going to be going 150 miles an hour. And I got a wife and kids in the car. I'm I'm accepted. I'm I'm putting them in a position to get hurt. Right? And so and at those speeds, one jerk can cause the car to flip. Right? And so what I'm saying is you can't be so passionate that you run over the people that God is calling you to be prudent over. Next point. Five, you got to put proper things into practice. You got to be a discipline, a master. You got to be disciplined. You got to put proper things into practice. Before you pursue your passions or while you're pursuing your passions, you got to put proper things in practice. Am I practicing the right habits? Am I practicing the right things? Because if not, I don't have nothing to, to be the bumpers. It's, 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 you have a better chance to get a strike when the bumpers are up. <laughs> Listen. You got a better chance because I can, but at least you got the bumpers. You know what I'm saying? I have a better chance to get a better strike. And then over time, the bumpers will come down because you have a better, you have a better practice. But as you practicing, you got to put certain bumpers up. So when you roll down, your principles guide you down the middle. You got to put proper things into practice. Next point. Understand perseverance. Passions will only get you but so far. Discipline will get you the rest of the way. Perspective will get you the rest of the way. Practice will get you the rest of the way. Pers- uh, perseverance will get you the rest of the way. Because a lot of people get passionate about so much stuff and it's short-lived. I'm passionate about this. Okay. Do you know you have to persevere when the passions are gone, when the desires for it is gone, when it gets difficult, when it gets hard? Marriage is going to be hard. There's some hard points in marriage. And if you don't have the level of perseverance in your, if you can't even persevere, if you can't persevere your singleness, you ain't going to persevere marriage. I tell you that much. If you can't persevere hardship at this level, you're not going to be able to persevere the seas and the waves of the hardships in life. Perseverance is, is comes from perspective. It says, hey, I, I even though I don't, I'm not passionate about this anymore, even though I may not like her anymore or like him anymore, I uh, the premise of my relationship is for God to get the glory. So I'm staying in it. And the next thing you know, the passion gets revved up because you have the right perspective. You have the right point of view and you have a strong relationship with God. Man, this is good. I hope y'all learned something. Number seven, you got to prove you are good at picking. <laughs> You got to have some proof that you make good choices is what I'm saying. Before you pursue your passion strongly and start going for it, you got to assess, do I pick good friends? Do I pick good uh do I pick good people to like? Do I pick uh in in moments where I feel like being <coughs> um tempted, do I pick the right decisions? Do I pick the right people? Do I pick the right decisions? Do I pick the right thoughts? Do I pick the right things? Because if you don't, if you're not good at picking, then you'll be plucked out. Eight, you got to follow the plan of God before you got to be, you got to already be on board. No matter where God takes me, I'm going. 
If not, you're just going to go anywhere without God. You got to be already okay that if God wants me to go this way, I'm going that way before you get passionate. Before you get passionate on with a man and get passionate about the idea of marrying somebody, you got to you got to be you got to already have made it a part of your mind that I'm following the plan of God no matter what. Period. If not, you're just going to be passionate all over the place. You have no sense of direction. You have no sense of guidance. You don't acknowledge God and your paths are always crooked instead of straight. Last but not least, you have to have develop a good peripheral. You have to develop a good peripheral. What that means is before you start getting very passionate about the things out there and you start going out there and go get it, you got to have a good peripheral. Meaning that you just can't be tunnel vision on what you want now and you haven't forgiven the person in your past. Or you have, or you have it, or you don't have the right understanding of what you want in the future. You gotta have a good peripheral. You gotta be able to look in your past, look at your present, look at your future, and still be on pace. So many people so tunnel vision, they don't have the right, they don't have the right outlook of their past. They haven't forgiven everyone that hurt them in their past, and they don't have the right understanding of really what comes with their, what they're pursuing. They're so tunnel vision of what they want right now, their past and their potential and what they uh, potentially want to have will destroy them. Good peripheral. I got to have the right, I, when I look down my past, I've forgiven everyone down that whole hallway. Or that whole hallway, pictures on each on each wall. Every person looked down the past, I forgave them, I forgave them, except no matter how far it goes. You look back and you're forgiving yourself. You see yourself. And when you look down the path, you look down the past, all you see all the way down the hallway is a cross. Keeps you motivated. When you look down to your future, you're like, hey, that's big. So what must I do now to prepare for that? That's right. Contentment in God is my goal. That should be all of our goal. That's right. That's why we got to be a little bit more cautious. That's right. Contentment in God must be our goal. But we have to have a good peripheral. And when you look down your passion of forgave everyone, you see the cross. So no matter how much you don't crossed up and messed up right now, the cross covers you. The blood from it covers you. And it motivates you to live more righteously. And when you look down your future, you respect what's down there. You honor what's down there to the point to where you start developing the right habits to ensure that when you passionately reach it to the door, it won't overwhelm it. That's the problem with passion. You have so much passion. I'm about to get married. Oh, there's my boot. And you're so passionate. And the guy's like this. And you run him over. She over there. And she's trying to hug you. You run him over. You're too passionate. Passion has a pace. It's a steady flame. Hope y'all learned something today. Pray it was a blessing to you. If you want more information about what I do, go to my website right now, IamUnplugged.com. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you want books, card games, resources, if you just want to give and support what I do here, man, I appreciate y'all's generosity um, ahead of time. You go to my website right now, IamUnplugged.com. On that website, you're going to find books like The Purpose of Singleness um, that sparked this whole course. Um, dating prep for those who want to date God, date themselves so they can be dateable, and as well as ask the right questions to either end the relationship or extend the right relationship. Uh, you got Soul Ties and Strongholds, the book, The Purpose of Freedom is a good book there. And I have other books on spiritual warfare and a children's book as well. So all these books are available on my website. We can simply go to Amazon. Um, and the latest book that I wrote is Counterfeiter Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. So all these books, card games, resources are there um, and ways for you to give and support what me and my wife do. Also, check out the Ezzy Life YouTube channel. My wife and I are going to be vlogging pretty soon. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, Patreon. If you want a little bit more access to me, coaching-wise, join my Patreon for doers on links in the description box below. For those who are on Facebook, 
Um, man, those on Facebook, just go over to uh, YouTube, look at the links, or just go to uh, oh man, just go to Patreon right now and type in my name, Joshua, and you'll be able to find everything there. Uh, I think that's it. Let me see. We got some more comments here. God bless you, coach. All the glory to God. He gets all the glory. All the glory belongs to you. All the glory belongs to you, oh God. That my little Mally music vibe. Thank you, man of God. God gets the glory. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. I think that's it. Card games, books, ways for you to give and support what I do. And um, well, what y'all get, y'all giving help us so much, man, with the schools that we support and the products we want to develop. Thank y'all so much for your generosity. We really appreciate that. Um, I think that's it. We'll see y'all next time. Keep your passion steady. Don't let them get too strong. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.